with Cyclone Yas causing complete devastation on the east coast of India as I record this, I hope the future Hope children in Kolkata are safe. During the past three decades, Tim and Erica Grandage's charity has gone from strength to strength, opening its own fully accredited school and skills centre. In this second episode, we hear from CEO Sujata Sen, who was former director of the British Council for Eastern India, and from three of the Future Hope students, Vinod, who is now an international fashion designer, Sutrishna, who is applying to join the top level of the Indian Police Service and is studying at St Xavier's College in Kolkata, and international banker Sujoy, who remembers his early days as one of those first Future Hope boys. The music is from a production the students put on online a fortnight ago to celebrate the birthday of Rabindranath Tagore. later and all these children thriving. Very proud and very mm. humble. Incredibly proud and also I, I feel if you give these children the opportunity, if, you, if any child the opportunity to, to use their talents and not push them in a certain area but let them discover and let them, let them feel free and find their own route, they can do incredibly well and more. One of the children, that are, uh, young people I've set up, is a, is a youngster called uh, uh, Binod, whose uh, mother was a prostitute, and, and she came from Sonagachi, which is in North Kolkata. It's the largest red light area uh, in eastern India, uh, and it's a rabbit warren of tiny, dark corridors going through up to about uh, five or six stories. He's the only child of, of this woman, and the father, I think, was a drug addict, but he'd live in this tiny, tiny room with her, uh, but of course, when she was working, he would always be put out onto the street. From the beginning, I was in struggle. Like, you know, I was doing a lot of, in trouble. And my one of my friends, they just bought me uh, in future of. I still remember it was 5th January 2005. What I realized, like, you know, everybody is like, you know, talented. But the thing is, somebody need to guide, like, you know, some teacher, like, you know, some, it could be maybe a, a educational, it could be a, maybe a spiritual, it could be a, like, you know, a sporty person, any of them, but it has to be like, you know, some person, like, you know, who can guide you. So that's how I just got Team Uncle. So I'm really grateful, Team Uncle. I... Uh, we're always very worried about children in the red light area because both the girls and the boys, uh, when they get to about 13 and 14, are encouraged to join the line, as they say, become prostitutes themselves. But he, we got him out of there before then. And um, very artistic, uh, very bright. Uh, and we got him into Rabindranath Tagore's university, Shantanaketan where he did uh, fantastically well. And he, well, he was offered a full scholarship, wasn't he? He was offered a full After scholarship. After a year, mm-hmm. because he was so uh, talented. And he rebelled. He said, I don't want to do that. I want to go into fashion design. And I thought, oh God, you've got such a wonderful opportunity here. Now you want to go into fashion design. But he got himself into one of the top colleges. Yeah, NIFT's National Institute of Fashion Technology in Raibareli. Uh, and... Uh, he came out with top marks and he's now in, in a top fashion house in Delhi on a huge salary. So basically I'm working like, you know, design for Zara, Stadivarius, Full and Bear, Primark in UK based. Recently I'm doing Next and uh, Mango and American Eagle. 
so basically i do uh, kids wear designing and uh, women's as well women's wear designing actually my plan is like you know i want to build my own design studio like you know where like you know i want to give chance to like you know those who are really needy and like you know those who are really wanted to like you know do design but due to some circumstances they are like you no know, disability so they are not going able to go to the design school or getting the right opportunity so are you unique really in taking children who have the greatest need yes yes and we not any see a lot of people will give them skills training Uh, a lot of the people will give them education but we want to give them a home and the security and you, you you build on that children from the streets children from the slums don't want education they feel inferior they feel stupid they've never had any parents who are literate so they, they, it's not in their in their makeup and if you try and get them into the classroom they they again say i'm ami bale lagbina i'm not happy there i don't feel comfortable i feel stupid so what we do is we 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 teach them sports and uh they love sports they love cricket they love football uh and now they love rugby and we've taught them particularly rugby because first of all on the streets it's very physical and they love the physical contact but it's one of the elite sports in india and it's played by the police by the army uh, by the top private schools like lamartenia and uh, uh the, the the clubs bombay gymkhana and and ccfc and uh, what what we found is that if you can start to teach children on the pitch and they say right now theory we're going to uh, tell you teach you more come into the classroom they'll happily go to the classroom to learn how you pass a rugby ball and what how you form routines and whatever it is uh, and then they feel comfortable and back in 1996 we reached the calcutta cup final and it was us against the calcutta police our worst enemies in the world the calcutta police had 25,000 people to choose from we had 25 i said to the boys come on just understand the police are really big and really physical don't get in contact with them and so they ran rings around them and we won the match and we were absolutely ecstatic and i said to the boys where we've done something a little bit against the establishment here so we won't we'll be we'll hug the police we hugged everybody and, and everything else like that uh, uh, and we will uh, go off and we'll celebrate so we went out to chinatown Uh, Tangra to celebrate, and in the middle of our our supper, my my mobile phone rang, and the chap at the other end said, uh, "Mr. Grandage." I said, "Yes." He said, "My name's Dinesh Vajpayee. I'm Commissioner of Police." Oh, I said, "Good evening, sir." And he said, "Your boys beat my boys today." And I said, "I'm terribly sorry, sir, about that." And he said, "No, no, no. Bring your boys down to coach my boys uh, from tomorrow morning." So then I got a group of our youngsters, do 15, 16 year olds, and I sent Minty was in charge. I said, "Minty, go down." I said, "Minty, you're a bit of a joker." please take this seriously when you coach them and he went down and he came back and when he came back he was roaring with laughter and i said oh, minto i told you to take it seriously why are you laughing he said well tamako i did try and take it seriously but all the police officers called me sir and for a street child to be called sir by a, by the police was so ridiculous it was not true but from that time on the police started to realize that children from the streets were great characters and were fun and they were really good and our children really began to like the police and ever since 1996 there's been a fantastic relation and you'll often see our youngsters when they're by park street or somewhere in calcutta they'll go up to one of the police who they know and say hello dada how are you and and, and it's really changed the attitude and many of the police stations and towns in calcutta now 
contact us when they have a child on the street and say, can you help? Can you take this? And so sport, again, has completely, not only has it given our children confidence in their own ability, but it's made them acceptable to the majority of the community in, in, in Calcutta, which has been fantastic. I think we've got a few girls who want to, to join the police force. We've we? got one we should talk to her. We should try and uh, Sutrishna, who is the... She came to us. We found her. Uh, uh, she had typhoid. And then she got typhoid again. And we thought, oh, gosh, if she gets typhoid again, she'll die. She came in the skinniest and the most underweight child at. And now she's one of the most sporty girls. And she's in her third year at university. Yeah. And her aim is to become a policewoman. So Shutrishna is one of our girls who's always wanted to be in the police. And uh, she is now doing a graduate degree in a very good college. And, you know, she's doing this political science degree so she can sit for the IPS, the police exam. Shutrishna, can you hear us? Yes, yes, yes. Something went wrong and I can't see you now. Well, don't worry. The first thing, how are you all there? We are good. You didn't reply to my telephone. You were eating your supper. What did you have for supper? Yeah, they're having uh, egg curry. Egg curry, yeah. You you ignored me and you went for your egg curry. <laughs> anyway, you, you, you're, on, you're online now. That's, that's great. Because she was so keen for the police, we also asked her to do an internship with community policing. And she did that very well. So she's developed her own set of friends in the police. And uh, in... Uh, in the, in the college, she's also an NCC cadet. This is St. Xavier's College, uh, one of the leading colleges uh, in the city. When I first joined, it was very difficult because, you know, I, I came from a different background and the people there are very, you know, poor. Uh, they're from uh, rich, they're rich. So it, it was first difficult to uh, communicate with them. I was a bit afraid at first, but then slowly, slowly I got to know them and I started communicating with them then uh, we became friends and whenever I needed any help I called them and I tell them that I need help. I'm so lucky to be in Future Hope because they have given me all the things I wanted in life. They have, you know, they're like family to me now because I have been here like it's been 14 to 15 years I've been here now and they all are like my parents and guardians. They have taught me And uh, she is not only a very good NCC cadet, but she's also one of the best footballers of the college team. There have been three or four times and she was so badly affected with medical uh, and health problems. And there she is now. If Tim and Erica hadn't helped that little girl and as she was growing up, get her through those very serious, severe medical problems, we wouldn't have had a Sutrishna doing an NCC cadet and being a leading girls footballer. Girls who came to us perhaps in 2004, often from, from Muslim backgrounds, the family would, would allow the girls to come to school till about class 8 and then they wouldn't turn up again. And they were about 12 years old. And we would go into, into the slums and, and meet the families and say, why, why are your children not turning up? Oh, no, 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 no. They now need to get ready to, um, you know, to become a woman and uh, take on responsibilities within the house. And they also, they needed to get married. I'll tell you the story of Ishrat. 
So this girl comes from a very, very conservative family. She has no father. Her home is uh, walking distance from our school. And she came and she saw, you know, well, she completed her school, uh, schooling from here. And then she wanted to study hospital management. So uh, we said that, uh, all right, there is a hospital management uh, uh, college, uh, which is about 20 kilometers from here. You'll have to take uh, public transport and go there. Uh, she said, no, I cannot take public transport. I will not be allowed to. My neighbors uh, will actually uh, stop my mother from, uh, you know, allowing me to go and do college so far. I've never been on public transport. You know, uh, my neighbors will say, you should get married. What are you doing to your daughter? And there's a college nearby my, uh, this thing, home, and I want to go there. So this college had just started its uh, hospital uh, management degree. And of course, it was not a tested degree. So I was very cruel to her. I said, you don't go to that college, we don't support you in college. Sometimes you have to be cruel, uh, to be kind. She cried and she cried and she cried. And I felt awful, you know, I really felt awful. Two days later, she came and told me, I will go to that college. She has not just, not only completed her graduation degree in hospital management, she is doing a master's degree in hospital management. She's working in one of the leading hospitals of Calcutta. And she worked throughout the pandemic as a front uh, line worker. The hospital are people unknown to us. They tell us she's one of the best workers in that hospital. We see that in the, particularly in the girls in, in our local communities, in the slums, that the girls who are doing well now are real role models for the next generation. And actually you now see that children or girls actively come to us for admission to come to the school and, and to complete their education right. to class 12. What, what, what was interesting is the case of uh, 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 Sagufa, who, who was a very bright, very malnourished little girl who came from a, a slum called Topsia uh, on the outskirts of Calcutta, a very large Muslim slum, and she lived with her, just with her mother and, and I don't know, about eight brothers and sisters. Uh, the father had either died or was alcoholic and run away, uh, and they were terribly bad. And, I remember talking to the mother and saying, look, you've got a very bright daughter, why can't you come to school? And I said, just trust us, we, we, we will look after her. Uh, and she was a brilliant mum. She said, yes, she can, she can stay in future school. Uh, and this girl now has gone through class 12, which is A-levels, uh, and she's always wanted to be a lawyer. And so she's now in her final few months, I think. And she now says that uh, after uh, she finished her class 12, her mum said to me, thank you very much, that's very good. Now she'd get married, she's much more valuable. I said, no, no, wait, I'm, I'm expecting the mum to come back to me. So now she's a lawyer, so, but I think she's given that up. But what is interesting is, is what Sagufa says, is that she sees a lot of girls in the community saying to their families, look, I want to be like Sagufa. And the families are seeing what impact it has had on her family, that she's educated She's got a fantastic training. She'll get a great job. And of course, financially, you had to wait maybe 10 years to get that, but you're going to be much, much better. And everyone's going to be much more secure uh, once that happens. Once a child has come in to future hope, they're always there, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've run it very much like a family. Uh, and we've, we want the children to feel secure uh, we want the children and the interesting thing is is that the more secure they they get the more they want to give back and that of course is really important when you uh, we, we all 
take, but it's, it's, it's much better for us to give. Uh, and this is, even if you're a street child, you can take something, but you've got to give back. It's the Chinese yin and the yang and things like that. But we have a very strong alumni association, and, and they have just started to get themselves together, spearheaded by one of our young banker people who, who, who said, look, we, we really need now to set up something where the alumni take on responsibility for keeping an eye on some of the alumni who are not doing so well uh, and encouraging those that who are doing really well to give a bit of support. And that's it's a, it's a very early stages, but it's something that's very exciting. Hi, Sudra. Can you, can, can you see us? Can we see you? Are you in your garage? Yeah, in my garage, looking from here. Excellent. I spent my life trying to get out of banking and you've now got so many of the future head people have become bankers. Now, it's a long time ago, but can you remember when, right back to that first time you became aware of Future Hope? Uh, future Hope was actually in, um, uh, in Tim Uncle's flat that time, so probably like 30 years ago or 20, 25 years ago or something like that. I, I probably was around less than 10 years old. Every, all the kids Tim Uncle used to bring was to sleep on his flat and he used to sleep in the bathroom's commode. <laughs> sitting that I can, I can remember. So you can imagine how crowded it would, would have been. For me, I had a family uh, and I was always going back. For a lot of them, um, he was everything. Uh, and and, and uh, looking at him, when I used to look at him uh, sleeping in the commode, uh, for me, he became a, a, something different. You know? I mean, uh, he used to give his own space for kids to sleep. And now I have three bathrooms. I cannot imagine sleeping in those bathrooms myself. <laughs> <laughs> But what, what has that done? All this uh, engagement with Future Hope or involvement in my life with Future Hope is what is thing beyond where I, I could have been. I think there's a lot many Future Hope boys who are uh, at the similar level and they have achieved the education. Thanks to Future Hope, they have achieved good health with foods and security. But what we are trying to, maybe in future, what we'll try to do is have a kind of like a, uh, alumni uh, uh, and try to have all the support together uh, and try to create a kind of like a, a bondage uh, not going everywhere staying together and have a legacy giving back what we have received today what i can say is like around 200 boys who have come out of the future of some senior to me or some at the same age group uh, as me or even even younger i think once they have received the right skill set from future of when they go out in the world uh, they are left to nowhere so they either have to defend themselves or they have to Kind of like, okay, uh, do what the system says. And in India, it's very tough right now, especially with the, with the COVID as well as the job situation. I think where, where all the support comes in, if they can speak to somebody, and what we are trying to do is support, keep supporting them till, till we can. And, uh, and that's where the alumni will come in. What would have happened to you if Future Hope hadn't appeared in your life? Probably not that much, that much education or maybe no education, uh, but... Maybe would, would have been uh, working as a tea tea maker in, in some stall, or uh, but uh, that that's where we're maybe having five kids uh, and and living in a slum myself. I've talked to a lot of our young people about this, and they all say 
either I would have died or I would have become the biggest gunda, which is mafia, on the streets. Because the, all the children that we've found have been survivors. Coming to future of what you learned is a lot of the skill set. You know, I mean, sticking honesty, sticking with your, uh, with your right um, uh, knowledge, not diverting yourself. And again, in today's world, I think a lot of kids coming from slum or who don't have parents, I think what they need is a direction. And that's what I received from Future Hope. Thanks a lot. We better let you get back to Japan and... Uh... Japan is living. It's US now. It's US is open. Oh, gosh. Well, 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 well. great to chat. And, and, and let's talk again soon. But thanks Thank a lot. Thank you so much. Look after yourself. It's in the genes of Future Hope. People come here and they just get into that uh, double helix of love and care. And I'm quite sure that the way the team is building up you know, the younger staff building up who will be there much beyond me with Future Hope, that they will continue to give the love and care that we give to our children. The unique thing about Future Hope is that, you know, we are not about numbers. Future Hope is about everyone being a part of our family. And that's what separates Future Hope from anyone else. And that's what separates our team from any other team. We've got a very exciting new project on at the moment, and that is in a place called uh, Kashinathpur in Rajat. And over the last 17 years or 15 years, we've been buying land. We've been able to buy 24 acres of land, and we want to build a new school, and it'll be a completely green school and a very uh, simple school, but it'll have all the modern facilities uh, initially for 500 children, which will grow up to um, 750 children. And it's been designed by a wonderful British architect, by a man called Tony McGurk. He has been able to, to keep it very simple. No air conditioning, get the trees to grow over the top. You have the tiled roofs and cross ventilation. And uh, we're going to build it on our land in Rajahat. And we've got huge amounts of beautiful mango trees, amgaches, mango orchards. And the uh, thing is, he didn't want to cut any of the trees. So he's wrapped the buildings around the trees and said so it'll be absolutely beautiful. But we will have a, a junior school there, a middle school and a senior school. Uh, we'll have the Future Hope Street, which goes straight down the middle. But right bang on the Future Hope Street, we'll have the, the new skills training centre, where we'll be able to teach children skills at the same time as uh, learning academics. Because in many schools in India, they say, you're thick, you go to schools, you're bright, you stay in academia. We want them to be seen to be as important as, as, as each on the land, we will be able to build, uh, in the mango watch, in the Amgach, we'll be able to build children's homes for many, many more children who have no homes. Uh, we want to do a lot of sports. And of course, um, because we've got lots of trees and because we've got lots of land, we're going to teach the children animal husbandry and we'll be able to grow our own food. We'll be able to have our own animals there. Uh, and so we should be able to cover every area. And it'll take about uh, two and a half, three years to build. But I, I hope when, when, when that will happen over the next five years, that it'll be one of the shiny examples in West Bengal, if not in India, of what a proper green school should be, uh, environmentally friendly. Uh, the children are all are already very acutely aware of the environment and how we have to look after it. But uh, it's very exciting. <laughs>